tour guy, Elliot. Hey, hey, John, how are you, buddy? Better now I'm talking to you guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> and we're talking to John C. McGinley, and he's going to start a uh, story arc in the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. NBC4, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Was it uh, weird at all that you're appearing on a final season of a show, so you're on a show, and then they're ending soon? No, because you got to remember, these guys, this is a well-oiled machine. This ensemble was completely airtight and bulletproof. And then they, the writers put together this character for me named Frank O'Sullivan, who in the context of the show is the, the head of the Patrolman's Union. And honest to God, Torg, he's Archie Bunker meets Yosemite Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And nothing says McGinley like Archie Bunker meets Yosemite Sam. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I read the script, and it turns out this guy's a Billy Joel fanatic. He lives and breathes all things Billy Joel in a dysfunctional way. He still lives in his mother's basement, and he hosts an NHL podcast called Islanders Talk. I mean, just call action and get out of my eyeline. I, I, I was in heaven. You know, John C. Uh, McGinley is with us this morning. Uh, you met Torgs, the sports guy. You mentioned hockey there. I understand. I'm a Detroiter. You're a Red Wings fan? Well, I was when Shelly was on the team. Uh, okay. My, my, uh, my, my neighbor and uh, dear friend Chris Chelios, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame, we all went up to uh, Toronto a couple of years ago for Chelly's induction. And when he was on those great uh, those yeah. Stanley Cup teams, um, that was that was fun. The Cup came out here to Southern California, and uh, Chelly's one of the greats. He's probably the greatest American-born defenseman in the history of the NHL. And uh, well, hold on, but, John. But, so yes, I was a Detroit fan when Shelley was on there. Okay. You know, John, I have to take issue with that because when I grew up in South St. Paul, Minnesota, across the street was one Mr. Phil Housley. So, you know. Yeah, but Phil, Phil's great. Don't get me wrong. But you check Shelley's stats and get back to me. I know, and, I know. I and, just, John, yeah. you know, we, we have a lot of actors. We had Kevin Costner. We get everybody from television, and we're looking at your – I don't think I've ever seen a list of credits quite like yours. When did you well, first – got a lot of overhead, so <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. And I grew up with uh, Tim Allen down the street. You did Wild yeah, Hogs. Wild Hogs with Tim. He was fantastic. We were all in, uh, in down in uh, New Mexico together. Yeah, that was what Travolta and William H Macy, uh, Martin yeah. Lawrence. That had to be fun. Yeah. Pretty good group. Fantastic yeah, group. yeah. Hey, John, what was what's your relationship? You've been in tons of Oliver Stone stuff. What's your relationship with him? All business. Oliver's all business. Okay. Uh, he pretty much keeps to himself, and then the phone rings, and and I get invited to go on some crazy journey, whether it's platoon or wall street or any given sunday uh it's been a it's been a, a phenomenal relationship but it's it that's a business that's all business oh, okay because i wasn't sure if uh you know you were in a movie and he goes everything i do i'm putting you in kid and then from there you just did, did a bunch of six of them but uh and i'm really proud of that but yeah. uh, i don't know any other actors who've been in six uh, of one filmmaker's films except for there i'm sure there's some actors in scorsese's stuff but that was a, a real uh, badge of honor to be in six of Oliver's films. Yeah, John C. McGinley's with us. Final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, NBC4, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. You know what I like about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and it goes kind of with Scrubs, too, which you played Dr. Cox, and you don't see a lot of it now, John, is when you have a sitcom, especially a network sitcom, uh, creativity and taking chances. That's kind of what uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's done and, and Scrubs did back in the day, is actually taking chances with comedy and not being afraid to strike out. Yeah, I think the the writer there, the guy who's the the Norman Lear of of that 
show is named Dan Gore. And that pedigree, those are tough to come by. And, and those guys really, they push the limits. And that's what makes it interesting. And you, you have thoroughbreds like Andre Brower and Andy. Um, you, can, you can run those guys. They're, they're just boundless. They're boundless at what they can do in front of the lens. And so then, then it's fun to be invited to get in front of the camera with those guys. Because to, to use kind of a lame tennis metaphor, when you start to hit the ball back and forth with actors of that caliber, stuff starts to happen. Stuff starts to click. And the, the lens picks all that up. And that's, that becomes fun. Yeah. Do you ever age? Because you, you look like you're this, an ageless oh, you're, wonder. You're like Dick Clark, man, yeah. <laughs> when he was alive. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, a gallon of coffee every morning, which is what I'm on now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you prefer doing comedy over a, a meaty, dramatic role? Or you like? I mean, no, you have the I best of both. Be on the page. Look, if it's yeah. not on the page, right? If, it, if it's not on the page, then then the actors have to all of a sudden become something they're not. And what I mean is, you have to come on the set and be people like Jim Carrey or, or Robin Williams or Jonathan Winters, and you're not those people. They're one. They're a generational talent. And so for most of us, you've got to put it on the page, and then we have a fighting chance, and then we can elevate, you know, B-plus material, maybe to A-minus. And that's where it is for me. That's, that's where the frequency range is for me. It's got to be on the page. Bravo. Yeah. Hats yeah. off to the writers. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and a lot of people don't know that you've done a lot of theater and behind-the-scenes stuff. Did I read, and you never see it, the thing with the Internet, I don't know what to believe anymore, but did I yeah. read that you sold a, a pilot to Bill Lawrence? Well, uh, the... I wish I wish the verb was sold. We, okay. We, Billy Billy got, took a pilot from us, and now we will try to sell it together. Oh, okay. What's it about? Do, can you tell? Uh, it's about. A, it's called Bear with Me, and it's about uh, two boys who are coming into puberty, and all they want to do is masturbate. And the problem <laughs> is, they're also on the special needs spectrum. And so they're not quite sure on how to deal with this, and it's based on a real family who the writer is uh, has two kids on the spectrum, uh, two autistic sons, and uh, we put Ken Basinger in it and Mo Gaffney and Angela Johnson and myself, and we're going to move this puppy. And it is, it is breathtakingly funny. That sounds like how this show started with Torg and I. <laughs> yeah, and believe me, it's just how a lot of things start. <laughs> yeah. You know, you young should... boys trying to find yeah. their way. Yeah, absolutely, that's you too. That's yeah. you too. It is. Two young boys trying to find their way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, we we should say too, and and, and John, I was uh, I was a I was a board member of the Phoenix chapter of Best Buddies. And if people oh, right don't, on. yeah, and I don't. That's th- my favorite. That's my favorite. I mean, obviously, with with the Special Olympics and with Global Down Syndrome, but the impact that 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 Best Buddies had on my family, which if people don't know what it is, it's a mentoring group where uh, typical uh, young people are paired with uh, people with special needs, and it becomes this mentoring uh, link for some of our children. My son Max was born with Down syndrome. He'll be 24 at the end of August, and. The impact that Best Buddies had on my son and on this family is profound. Yeah, they don't have a Columbus chapter here in Ohio, unfortunately, but I just wanted to say kudos to you for all the work you've done with the Special Olympics. You have been really one of those guys. You know, you talk the talk, you walk the walk. You, you've done, if people don't realize the work that you've put in, man, kudos to you. Yeah, you've got to remember with the Special Olympics, the, the best kept secret, and I wish it wasn't, was that as, at, a, at a regional level, in other words, there's, there's games in towns and 
those athletes move on. Right. And once you get to regions and states, you get to visit five doctors before you step on the field. You get to get your eyes checked and, and, and prescribed glasses. You get your teeth checked. You, get a, you go see a podiatrist for your feet. You might get insoles for your sneakers. You get a general med. I mean, you get your ears checked. And this is what happens at every regional and state games and also national games and world games, obviously. But that's what our athletes, that's one of the tangential benefits of these athletes going to our games. And it just, it blows my mind that you go see five doctors before you step on the field. And some of our athletes have never seen these, anything like this right. before. Yeah. And so it's just, it's truly one of the great things on the planet. And I'm not kidding. No, I've seen it. I mean, uh, and uh, John, we'll be watching tomorrow night, NBC 4, 8 o'clock. Thanks for everything, man. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. It. You guys are the best. All the best, Thorpe. All the best, Jerry. Okay, bye-bye.